0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. It's great to talk with you. Uh, Great to have you here on this episode of the show, which, you know, (laughs) it's funny as we get into this to talk about episode numbers. So a while ago... Um, I feel like I heard somewhere that iTunes was kind of discouraging, or Apple Podcasts, as it's now called, was kind of discouraging episode numbers. I mean, you know, that was kind of, they don't want you to do that anymore. Um, and then I later heard that, you know, okay, no, you can use episode numbers. That's cool. Um, you know, that's absolutely fine. Okay. Um and, but I never went back to it. And so, you know, here I am on my spreadsheet where I, at the start of the year, I actually planned out everything late last year, actually for the year, at least roughly things have changed at times. Um, but roughly planned out and I had episode numbers for everything. And so here I sit, uh, episode 132 on my list. It says I have 123. So this would be episode 124. Um, so there's, there's a discrepancy there, but whatever episode we're at, I'm just really glad to have you here with me today. We're going to talk about blurring the line, how lighting and video are coming together, how they're really the same thing, what, and how this affects you. Let's dive in. So when it comes down to it, You know, it used to be, right, that lighting and video were totally separate things. So that's some of what we're talking about this month. You know, it used to be totally separate things, um, completely different. You know, lighting was lighting and video was just something completely different, right? Um, And the reasons why they were different is because they just didn't interface with each other, right? Because if you think about it, like, they didn't use any of the same formats or any of the same cables or anything like that, right? And there was, you know, the the communication to lights and to video equipment was completely different, right? Okay. Um, But if you think about it, you know, take off your 2021 hat and put back on your hat from 10 or 15 years ago, okay? Um, And if you think about it, you know, projecting video or putting video on a screen or on a monitor or on an LED wall. I know 15 years ago, we weren't really thinking about LED walls, though they existed, right? Jumbotrons had been around. Uh, Whenever you put video on one of these surfaces, you're essentially working with light, right? It's kind of the same toolkit, because there's brightness, and there's color, right? And there's movement to it. And It's really the same kind of tools that we have in our toolbox with modern lights. And so what we see today is obviously, unless you're living under a rock, right? And who does that? Again, I said that in the last episode. But unless you're living under a rock, um, you know, you see various pixel items on the market where people are using LED walls and, you know, maybe they're using like a pixel tape or pixel dots or a a pixel product, okay? Okay. And you look at these two side by side, especially if you put the pixel product, if you have like a really tight pixel tape, and you put that side by side an LED wall, which takes a video signal as its input, and you say, you know, when we're talking about what's actually outputting the light, the LEDs on an LED tape or some other pixel product versus the LEDs on an LED wall, they're really the same thing, and they do the same stuff. And so then it turns into, as we've talked about, I will talk about on YouTube, we'll talk about here, i talk about in articles, that we can pixel map our lighting, right? Even if it's not like an LED pixel product, even if it's not a tape product, anything like that, you can pixel map it. You can take a regular LED PAR light or anything like that, and you can run it as pixels in your lighting console, you know, most of the time if you've got that control available, right? You can make each thing different, and you can actually run video across it. And so when you do that, it's like, oh, you know, the barriers are really dropped. Because I can take, you know, a, a string of pixels, right, or a pixel bar type product, okay? I can take a fixture like that, and I can go ahead and simply control that from a lighting console, right? Control each pixel as a dot, red, green, and blue, run effects on them, stuff like that. I can take that same unit, and I can go ahead and put it into a media server program that does pixels, like Resolume or MadMapper or whatever, okay? And I put it in this this program that is a media server that does pixels, and now I'm playing a video file on it. And if I try hard enough, I can get the same effects out of the same light with two different types of signal, one being that video signal, um, and one being, you know, a lighting type command and signal. Uh and, and so what you come to realize is that uh, you know, things are less different and more the same than you might think. And as we move together, you know, I, I've even seen this in concerts and things, um, that you know, the term visual designer is becoming more and more common, okay, in the world of, of live production, because when it comes to the design aspect there's really not a, a difference between working with video and lighting. I mean, there are differences, but they're meshing together so much these days and will continue to do so that the line between them is no longer a line. It's actually completely blurred, right? And so how does this affect you? Well, if it's not obvious already by this point in the podcast, um, how it affects you is that if you're working with lighting, there's going to be a point in time, whether you're a hobbyist, in the church, lighting for a band, lighting for DJs, whatever you like for, there's going to be a point where you go ahead and you're going to need to manage some visuals along with your lighting, or it makes sense to do so, or whoever your client is, whoever you're, you're working for, um, it, you know, needs you to do that kind of stuff, okay? Um, there's going to be a point where that is going to happen, okay? Okay. Um, On the other hand, um, you know, maybe you're a video person. There's going to be a point where you're given some pixel mapped bars, you know, some pixel strips or something like that, and asked to integrate them into your video setup. So the line is completely blurred. And, you know, there's no better time to start learning about this stuff than now. Because ultimately, as we go into the future, and especially as Control, as the consoles and software we're using become more meshed between lighting and video like right now as i'm recording this onyx is about to put out uh, their next release of their software it's been in beta for some time and it's it's public you can check it out if it's not out yet by the time this podcast goes live but it better be um because i'm recording this about a month ahead of time i've got a busy season ahead and um and in their new version their pixel mapper is greatly improved over where it was previously before and now it's it's really blurring that line between what is lighting and what is video. And I got to tell you, unless, you know, not, not, never mind that, um, unless, you know, you feel like you're a lighting person who can't do video or you're a video person who can't do lighting, who cares, right? It's all visuals. It's all visuals. And ultimately, the cool thing about this, in fact, I was just playing around in Onyx this morning with with some of their generators and really working with some stuff, and what I found, and what I realized, and what I've talked about here, and I knew this before, but I you know, the more I use it, the more I know it, is that when I'm working with video inside of the lighting console, if I have a lot of dense fixtures, it's going to be easier to create impressive looking stuff if I run video content on it than if I learn use lighting. And so the cool thing about having more tools in your toolbox about lighting and video coming together, and using the same type of signal for some applications, is that sometimes you can you, you use the tool, well, you always want to use the tool, that's going to make your life easier. Sometimes that might be the video tool. Sometimes it might be the lighting tool, right? Because when you're creating a stage wash, when you're lighting up a stage, you know, with front light, you're not going to reach into the video toolbox to pull out you know, some video signal to send those lights because that wouldn't work well, right? You want a nice, consistent, warm, even wash of light. You're going to use something that's not a fixture that does video well. Okay. Um, now some could argue, like for example, there's one fixture in the film industry, the sky panel by air, very popular fixture, um, a r r i sky panel. Um, and These guys, um, the sky panels are pixel mappable, but it's still a very soft light, and that's not for when you're washing people as much, though with, like, fire effects and stuff, it looks pretty darn cool, but it's more for when you're washing scenery and things like that, but I digress. Um, You know, the cool thing, as I mentioned, about having more tools in your toolbox is that it allows you to choose the best tool for each job, so you can get the job done easier, and get the job done faster, whatever that might be. And I'm not just talking about when you're doing lighting for pay, but just the you know you you get to your goal, you get whatever it is done that you're trying to get done easier, you get it done faster, um, you get it done more reliably, right? And I think as well, um, just as we see you know in the world, I think we're going to see more blurring in distinctions when you're running a show right? Like it used to be that there are graphics people that run video content and then there's lighting people running lighting content. Well, these two are blurring together more and more every day. One great example is if you're in the church world, um, you might be able to, and you can, use a program like ProPresenter or ProClaim to send out an NDI type signal. That's a network um, data, whatever. It's network video. Okay, NDI. And You can send that NDI now to programs like NTEX Elm software, which is a pixel mapper. Okay, Uh, Onyx says they will add it at some point to their pixel mapper as well. That NDI will be in there. It's just not ready yet. And so now you're able to go and say, oh, now part of my lighting control are video backgrounds that aren't even coming from Lighting. They're coming from the video world, and then the lighting designer can choose to mix them in their show as needed. And so the cool thing about this all coming together is, you know, we get away from the old adage, right, of video screens and lights, where it used to be, and there wasn't a problem with this, it was more about the limits of technology, that if you looked at pretty much any stage, band, church, you know, concert, DJ set, whatever, and you went into the setup... You know, there were like one of three setups when it came to video screens and lighting, right? You might have a big center screen. You might have two screens on the side. Maybe you have the center screen and screens on the side. But other than that, there weren't really a lot of other creative options that happened. Sometimes people would, you know, do something a little funky, but for the most part, the technology didn't really allow it. Now, with LED panels, things like that, screens can be broken up into checkerboards, into different shapes, into thin columns, into, you know, breakaway panels that have stair steps to them. The options are endless. So as the physical media of lighting and video start to come together and continue to integrate more and more, you know, just visually, right? Like there's sometimes people do like a checkerboard layout of LED wall and then in the holes where there aren't LED wall panels, they put lighting fixtures. Okay. And so we've already seen, you know, the technology's there, right? The ability to bring these two things together are already there. And so now what it looks like is that, um, what you really need to do is, is think about, okay, the control side, how do we integrate better with lighting and video? Because ultimately that's going to make things more in sync, make things look even better than before. Okay. And that's the challenge. As I mentioned, you know, programs like Onyx, programs like Intex um, Elm really help bridge that gap. You know, when it comes to the intermediate or entry level, we're not really there yet. Okay. Um, because it's like anything, you know, the technology is going to hit the pro level first and then it's going to come down from there. Right. Um, and it's just not there, but it's exciting. And I think if you do anything with lighting, and you enjoy what you do, and you want to keep getting better at what you do, thinking about some ways that you might integrate some visuals through some sorts of video sources is going to be a good idea. And as we move forward more into the future, it's only going to become more and more common, only going to be some more and more of something that people do, and, only so, and it's going to be more and more of something that I'm excited about. So, with that said, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate your le- your readership, and if you haven't already, head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever in the world you listen to this, and give us a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you think of the new, shorter um, format, but I'm actually podcasting, and, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, before I was just way off. Um, you know, let me know about this stuff. And then we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks.